Welcome, friends, to Historical AF. I'm Keena. Oh, I'm Lucy. We are a historian and a special guest delivering you the spooky and morbid cat nugs you never knew you needed in your ear holes. Oh, yeah. I am so excited. Lucy is one of my favorite podcasters. Oh, my God. Definitely top two. You're making me sweaty. I don't want to give it away that it's like really up there because I'm going to be like fangirl, but <laughs> so excited you're here. <laughs> but you've lured me in with your topic for the day. I was like, oh, fuck yes. Yes. <laughs> Cats. History. Morbid. Yes. Yes. This has been the most fun theme I think I've researched in a long time, probably since historical dicks. I mean, that one will always be Ooh. my favorite. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> it actually inspired the podcast because I kept on trying to tell my husband the story of Rasputin's 13-inch pickled dick while he was drinking a Rasputin beer. And he's like, stop talking to me. Find an outlet for this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if anybody by chance doesn't know your podcast, we tell them a little bit about it? Oh, yeah. So myself and my two best friends, Kenyon and Amanda, we host a wine and crime podcast where we chug wine and chat true crime. And uh, we've been at it for... Oh my God, four years next month. Holy shit. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we have just over 200 episodes plus a lot of bonus content. We have some spinoffs like Gossip at the Corpse Cart, the sweatshirt I'm wearing. Tons of Patreon content if anyone's interested. And uh, you can find us at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can stream episodes from there. We're also on Spotify, SoundCloud, all, you know, iTunes, all the, all the classics. And we're from Minnesota, and I'm drinking White Claw. So if that comes out, that's where that comes from. <laughs> it's going to be a real fun combo, the hills and then the Minnesotan. Yeah. It, what got you into history? I know you like it. Like, what drew you to the dark side? I don't know. My dad has always been really into history. He always used to tell me about, like, Shackleton, for example. And I learned something in school, and he'd be like, oh, yeah, I read this enormous nonfiction volume about that specific obscure war in like South Africa in the 1400s. I don't think South Africa existed as a country then, but you know, <laughs> something like super obscure. And then I'd be like, wow, that's really fucked up. And he would also only retain like, you know, the exciting parts. So he gets to slog through these huge tomes, which he enjoys. And then he'll just kind of, retain like really interesting specific facts and then I guess kind of like him I also retain really random specific facts and a lot of them have to do with like history like we'd watch the history channel together and yeah and then just regurgitate these facts on a whim like at a bar and people are like wow nobody asked you about that (laughs) (laughs) oh I I can relate (laughs) I just like it too I'm also like I try to be as politically engaged as possible. I've been fairly politically minded since early middle school. So I think looking at the current state of affairs and kind of relating them back to previous generations, previous civilizations, all that stuff is really, really interesting and also terrifying because cannot help but make certain connections between what's going on in our country today with, you know, other not so distant cultures. So yeah, it's it's interesting. I think it's important to know about history to have kind of a firm grasp on it because, like they say, you know, history repeats itself all the time, and we need to learn from our past. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important. It's not only interesting and fascinating, but it's important. So that's why I like it. Such a good answer. Yeah, I had a guest. <laughs> Uh, Two weeks ago, and he said something. He said, history doesn't repeat itself, it rhymes. And I've been thinking about that so much because everything's not exactly the way it was, but it does have parallels. He blew my mind. I love that. Yeah, I was like, you need to put that on a shirt. (laughs) Do we want to jump into it? Yes. Start with some morbid and then end with some funny cats to lighten it up a little bit. Sure. So I have just some fun facts about cats. And then I want to talk about what happens maybe if you, let's say, died in your apartment, weren't found for a little while, and you had a couple cats, maybe what might happen (laughs) to your body and maybe their diet. (laughs) Okay. But starting out a little bit lighter, 
So cats sleep for roughly 70% of their lives. So that's on average about 15 hours a day. Some cats sleep up to 20 hours a day, like if they're older or if they're just lazy. And this is because they're psychologically wired to hunt and chase their prey, which does require a lot of energy. Big cats hunt mostly at night, so house cats are more active at night and typically sleep most of the day. And so they're crepuscular. Ooh. Being active at night. I know. I can barely pronounce it. (laughs) It's very crepuscular. Bouncing off the literal walls. Like we saw him bounce off this couch and run across the wall sideways. And we're like, we've never seen a cat do that before. When I was in college and my husband was living in a house before we were married, they took in a three-legged cat. Well, she, her name was Carl. She had four <laughs> legs when they first started feeding her. She was an outdoor neighborhood cat. And then I think somebody thought it would be fun to break one of her legs. Oh, so no. They, I know. So they raised money to give her surgery and they amputated her leg. So she's she was a three-legged cat. She only had one leg in the back. But she would sprint around the house and like pogo stick off of furniture. <laughs> With her one back leg, she was, I don't know if that back leg previously had just been like too much weight for her, but she was a <laughs> fucking rocket after she got her surgery. Oh, parkour. Yeah. yeah, it was like parkour. <laughs> totally. That's um, amazing. Also, if you notice when cats are sleeping, they're often like have their legs kind of tucked under, like they're kind of sitting, you know? Mm-hmm. And that is so they could spring into action if they needed to, like while they're sleeping. I was wondering that because he looks weird and he has little chicken legs. I was wondering uh-huh. if there was a purpose. Yeah. Springing into action. They also have really sharp fucking tongues like the sandpaper. The middle of their tongue is covered in backwards pointing barbs. And that is used for breaking off and like gripping meat. Oh. So that's why it kind of hurts when they lick you sometimes. <laughs> Cat owners have a reduced risk of stroke and heart attack by about 30%. That's handy. Mm-hmm. Heart disease runs in my family. So keep me alive, kitty. Yeah. So I think it's about purring, which it could be about purring, which we'll come back to. Let's see. When they smell something weird and they make that like weird open mouth face for a few seconds. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> they are employing their Jacobson's organ, also known as the vomeronasal sac, which is located at the roof of their mouth behind their top teeth. They're cute little tiny top teeth. That's my favorite part of a cat. They're just uh, little tiny teeth. <laughs> They're so cute. So this organ helps their brains process scents. And scientists think that the cats do that open mouth thing because they rely heavily on scent for everything from marking their territory to the mother cats keeping track of their kittens, to males finding females in heat, to identifying whether something is like food or not. Oh. They make that face, which is called the uh, Fleming response. That's what the that's what the face is called. And Fleming is German for curling the upper lip. Oh. Because German is fucking crazy. It, yes, it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Adult cats don't naturally meow but they meow at us because that's how they think that we can communicate like vocally they like to be around us and relax with us as is evident every time your cat lies down on your computer keyboard back to the purring they heal us with their purring the frequency of a cat's purrs is about the same frequency at which muscles and bone begin to repair themselves which is about between 25 and 150 hertz wow that is fascinating yeah. So when they're purring, they're either like self-soothing or they're trying to soothe you. They'll also purr if they're sick or injured, like kind of as an attempt to fix themselves. Also, most felid species produce a purr-like vocalization. So you know who else purrs? Foxes, gorillas, lemurs, tapirs, bears, and mongoose. Oh, wow. They all purr. I didn't realize that many. I know. There are about 200 feral cats who live in Disneyland to control the rodent population. That is smart. Disney cats. Female cats are usually right-pawed and male cats are usually left-pawed. Oh. I don't know if you did like track in like middle school like I did, but we had to identify like our, I forgot what it's called. Like if somebody pushes you from behind, you naturally step out with one foot or the other to catch yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's like your lead foot. 
So I oh. think that's what that means by like right pod and left pod. Oh, this is for you. The longest living cat on record was named Cream Puff. And <laughs> she was from Austin, Texas. Oh, you live to be. Are you fucking ready for this? 38 years old and three days. Oh, my God. She died right after her 38th birthday. That must have been a really ugly cat towards the end. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, my Olivia was 16, 17. We don't know how old she was when I got her. But, yeah, she was looking really rough at the end. <laughs> the the tears, you know, like little white dogs. Mm-hmm. I, feel like, I feel like Cream Puff would have had those little. <laughs> that is super old. 38. Ugh. A group of adult cl- cats is called a clouder. I threw together a bachelorette party for my friend Katie, and she also really likes cats. So we called it Katie's Catchelorette Clouder Fest. That's and we- amazing. Shirts. <laughs> we went oh, out to the bars, that. and people were like, What the fuck does your shirt say? I was like, Clouder Fest. <laughs> and <laughs> that is incredible. A group of kittens born to the same mother is called a Kindle. Aww. A male is called a Tom and a female is called a Molly or a Queen. Ooh, I like Queen. I know. Duh. <laughs> also, cats have three eyelids. But like we already knew that. The third eyelid is uh, actually called the nictating membrane. So that's that weird like sat- let milky side slit one. Yes, yeah, the alien thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So three eyelids, you got your upper eyelid, your lower eyelid, and then your nictating membrane. That's more like a tongue. So it like actually kind of, it protects the eye when they're like sleeping to not get like dirt and dust in there. Okay. We can't talk about cats without talking about hairballs. Specifically, a cat hairball is called a trichobezoar. Well, that's a mouthful. I know. If you've heard of bezoar before, people get bezoars. Like if you have a... Well, like tri- it's, I think trichotillomania is just pulling out your hair, but a lot of some people eat eat their hair, and they can get hairballs, and they have to oh, like wow. surgically removed. It happens if you've ever yeah. watched My Strange Addiction. And on that note, cats groom themselves for up to fifty percent of their waking hours. So if they're uh-huh. not sleeping, they're likely grooming themselves or parkour. <laughs> <laughs> Um, when a cat leaves their poop uncovered, it's like a bitchy move to let you know that they're not afraid of you. <laughs> oh, no. Another bitchy move is when they bring you like a dead mouse or a bird or something. It means they're pitying you because you suck at hunting. Oh, no. That's what mine does. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he brings me lizards. Oh, yeah, because you have lizards. Are they always dead? Uh, not always. One was almost dead and then i caught him and i nursed him back to life my husband's like what's wrong with you but (laughs) (laughs) he's now happily living in a tree but yeah the rest of them are just like little baby geckos that he just bats around and then leaves in my shoes so do you have to dump out your shoes every time well i have to look anyway because the scorpions (laughs) texas is fun oh it's crazy Oh my god. Oh yeah. They're like little bitty ones here. I don't I haven't seen any get bigger than that. But because your cat about. kills them before they can grow up. <laughs> so cats have scent glands on their tail, forehead, lips, chin, and front paws. So they rub on things and people to mark their territory. And if you touch a cat and it like licks you right it like licks itself right away after you touch it, it's trying to get your scent off of them. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> How many hearts are breaking? All over? <laughs> All right. Why don't you love me? I'm just like, ugh. it's like wiping your mouth after you kiss somebody. <laughs> okay, so my last fun fact. So we know that Egyptians like super loved cats, but apparently when an Egyptian family's cat died, the whole family shaved their eyebrows in mourning. I'm totally so, like I know that that's like a cultural and it was symbolic, but man, I would look so unfortunate without eyebrows. It's a commitment. It is. Like how long would it take? I've over tweezed my eyebrows in the past. They ain't never growing back. So I have nice. gaps in both of mine. It's like some weird genetic shit. My dad had it too, and I never had hair. So I, ugh, 
I don't think mine would grow back either. Yeah. So mm. <laughs> sad that the cat died, but like, I don't know if I should make that commitment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I want to talk about cats and dead bodies. So uh, I read a really cool National Geographic article about why pets might eat their owner, like if their owner's dead. Yeah. It's called indoor scavenging, and it isn't necessarily because the pet was hungry. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so generally, your pets try to – this goes for cats and dogs. They try to provide comfort by licking, especially your head and your face area. Licking and affection can easily turn into biting, as you and I might know from our cats. They might start biting if they're like kind of panicking or if they just like get kind of excited, like just their licking kind of turns to biting. Mm -hmm. And if they taste blood, then their instincts will kick in and they'll just eat your face. Wow. Also, faces are super fleshy and soft, especially your nose and your lips. So that's usually what they'll go for first. That's fun. Uh Uh-huh. But you're already dead, so you don't care. That's true. Hopefully you're already dead. In 1994, a man's body was found days after he had died. His head, neck, and part of his arm had been defleshed down to the bone. Wow. Nearby, his 10 cats also lay dead. The police figured out that he had died of a prescription overdose, which had also poisoned his pets when they consumed him after his death. Oh, shit. That's tragic. I know. Wow. I know. (laughs) Kind of cool, though. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about body farms for a minute. This is my last, like, little section. You're aware of body farms, right? Yeah, there's one 30 minutes from me. Luck. I have tried to get, like, a visitor's pass to, like, go to a body farm, but that's, like, not a thing. I met somebody who used to work at one when she was in college and she volunteered and I made her come on the podcast and talk about it. But if you ever wanted to pick her brain, I'm sure she would love it. Pick her brain. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you're aware, you and your listeners are aware of what a body farm is. So just because they're trying to monitor what happens after a person dies and they have all sorts of you know, they bury, they put a body in a swamp, they bury it in a shallow grave, they leave it out in the open, and they're also monitoring scavenger activity. So this, I'm going to read part of an article from IFL Science, which I'm pretty sure is I fucking love science. Okay. At the Forensic Investigation Research Station in Whitewater, Colorado, human remains are placed outside and documented, photographed, and observed, just like at any other facility Or a serial killer's house. Okay. At this facility, scavenger activity is monitored with game cameras, which captured two particular cats sneaking into the body farm to feast on a number of corpses over the course of several weeks. The first cat made its way onto the farm and began to eat the body of a 79-year-old woman, focusing its attention on soft tissue and layers of fat. The body was then placed under a cage for a week for an unrelated research project, during which time the cat couldn't access it. When the cage was taken off the donor, the same cat returned to the same woman almost every night over the course of 35 days to eat. Wow. Like, she was not fresh anymore. (laughs) Again, it focused on soft tissue, eating part of the breast area and exposing the bone in her upper left arm. The second cat focused its attention on a 70-year-old man returning for 10 out of 16 nights, then leaving the body alone for a month before returning to consume more of the donor for another two consecutive nights. So they like had their favorites. Yeah, that's (laughs) interesting. (laughs) And presumably there were other bodies that they could choose from, but it's just like, you know, I like McDonald's more than Burger King personally. (laughs) Quote, what appeared to be the same cat was seen on game cameras throughout the facility, but showed no interest in any of the other 40 plus adjacent donors. Oh, wow. uh, Wrote the researchers in the study in particularly horrifying detail. (laughs) The, The cat did not scavenge new donors placed around the time of scavenging in a similar in a similar stage of decomposition. So it's not just how juicy the body is. It's like that specific body. 
hmm, is it something to do with the smell maybe? Like that person just smelled the best and they were committed? You know, <laughs> it might be because because they had already partaken. So then they're like, oh, okay, that's mine. Like it's like a territory thing maybe? That would make sense. Maybe. I don't know though. Okay, just a little bit more here. The team points out that such cases of feral cats, because the team believed that they were not domesticated, but they were born and lived in the wild. But what if they were? What if that was your outdoor cat sneaking out to go eat some <laughs> dead lady and then coming home and like kissing you on the face? <laughs> oh, I'm never going to look at him the same when he comes back. He'll go wander around the neighborhood and come back. Maybe he's traveling 30 miles to that body farm. You don't Maybe. know. Maybe. We don't know where he even came from because he looked like a kitten because he was so starving. And so I fattened him up and I took him to the vet and they're like, oh, he's two. I was like, what? Where'd he come from? So one of our neighbors, two of our neighbors died of COVID. And my husband was like, what oh if he God. like ate them? And then was like, I need to find a new home. <laughs> so like, oh, ah. Would the cat carry the COVID then? I don't know. Maybe. Let's assume so. Yeah, let's assume so. Okay, well, then we're fine. So he shouldn't have had it. He's yeah. pro- he probably quarantined for a while. Probably. Thing. He did live under the shed for a while. He was shed kitty for quite a while. He was quarantining. He, yeah. cared, he cared about you. It's true. It's so considerate. I had no <laughs> idea. <laughs> okay, so the team points out that such cases of feral cat scavenging is rare because they prefer to hunt, but it is not unheard of. They hope that this report will help us to understand the behaviors of these scavengers, which are prevalent in the U.S., and help investigators to distinguish between paramortem and postmortem tissue damage, meaning, I don't think it's before death, but it's, like, because, like, that's why that person died. Paramortem, is that right? And versus what happens after death, like, how the body's naturally decomposing that sounds right we're gonna go with it all right (laughs) in both cases reported here the feral cats targeted areas where the skin had been previously penetrated the researchers wrote both cats showed a preference for bodies in relatively early decomposition scavenging began when the bodies showed early signs of decomposition and ended at the onset of moist decomposition The cessation of scavenging at the onset of moist composition may be explained by Felid's preference for fresh tissue. Wow. Felid's meaning felines, cats. So they like that fresh tissue, but they also apparently like specific fresh tissue. That is so interesting. Yeah. So once the body became like, you know, soupy, nobody wants that. Yeah. They probably appetizing. No, they probably made their Fleming face. <laughs> uh, moving on to the next one. Yep. <laughs> I'm sure they love body farms then. Like, just constantly bringing me in a new one. It's a buffet. Yeah, you get to pick and choose what you want. <laughs> I fucking love body farms. It's so cool. Not that I've been to one. Not that I'm bitter. <laughs> Check out, U- I think it's UT Texas, San Marcos. Okay. Maybe somebody will. Let you in. <laughs> Have pity on me. Let me into your body farm. <laughs> I saw a TikTok to my driving by it being like, I wonder if I could see one. I'm like, I don't think they're going to put it by the fence. Probably not. <laughs> one of their environments is just like the highway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's what I've got for you. Tried to get as gross as I could. That's amazing. I just love cats so much. They can do no wrong in my book. That's true. I do love them too. And I think that's part of why I like them. They're like independent nature and they're just so freaking weird and morbid. I just love it. Yeah. They're weird. They, they, they do them no matter what. <laughs> it's true. It's admirable actually. Yeah. <laughs> Although now I'm learning that my cat might not like me as much as I thought he did. So there's still time. It's still new. We're still learning about each other. Yeah. It's, it's only been a want, couple months. I do want to see him. He'll come in here eventually. He's very cute. He even has the little mustache like Vlad the Impaler. It's so cute. Oh, my God. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So for mine, I'm going to do spooky, but it's not going to be like ghosts this time. 
We're going to talk about pagans and demons and witches and plagues and drawings that are going to add to your nightmare fuel. Excellent. We're talking about the history of medieval Europe and medieval art is weird. I love it so much. <laughs> it is I, really weird. <laughs> I was trying to find like a cat photo to be like, this is the new theme. And I found this medieval engraving of a sad nun chasing a cat with a fish that had a penis in its mouth. The cat did. Like a full on <laughs> penis. And then I like I posted it being like, what what is happening? And and then people started pointing out like her rosary was a penis and that there was like another one on the floor. And then the jester was like waving something and we figured out that it was his underwear and he's just like peeking out through a hole. It's like a whole thing. Was the nun like, give me my penis back? Yes. Let me share the picture. It's something it's that to be experienced. whoa that's a full dick and most of the interpretation is just probably the nun is like lusting after the dick and this is some weird metaphor but i mean fish i don't know like she's trying to bribe him i guess oh that's great i'll give you this fish and the cat's like nah i'm good (laughs) i like this soft tissue (laughs) Yeah, many people had like a weird thing about dicks because they had a thing also that witches would steal them and grow them on trees. That was also a thing. Very, very odd. The more I read on it, nobody knows what's going on. They're just guessing. So anybody's guess is as good as anybody else's. But like someone took a lot of time to create this. (laughs) (laughs) Someone like sketched it out. Like, oh, I know what I'll add. Underwear. (laughs) <laughs> i know it's like is that his is that his penis i don't know i just i have a lot more questions than answers he looks like he is mourning the recent loss of his cat though he's got no brows <laughs> <laughs> that is true that is an excellent point <laughs> oh you gotta love the middle ages well we're not we're gonna get into that <laughs> <laughs> So you have cats and then you have medieval cats. The faces look like tiny old men and their bodies are usually squished (laughs) and like stretched. (laughs) And let me show you this photo. They do look like tiny men. (laughs) And there's a reason. So I see butt licking. Yes. There's so many of them just licking their butts. <laughs> Look at his tiny little tail. Why are his ears so sad? <laughs> and then, whoa, they just are nightmare fuel. <laughs> and all these photos will be on the website and on social media, or you can join Patreon and watch it for yourself. Shameless plug. But yeah, they're terrifying. Look at her lips. She has red <laughs> lips. <laughs> She looks like she has human teeth as well. (laughs) She has a human mouth. It is terrifying. (laughs) Do one more, and then I'll. This one looks like Ian McKellen in the movie Cats. Like I've never seen the movie, (laughs) but this is what the trailer looked like to me. (laughs) Totally does. What the fuck is happening? (laughs) Look at his eyeballs, and they're like they look like they're melting. They're lopsided. There's just, he doesn't look happy. That is humanoid. That is so <laughs> creepy. Oh my God. Oh man. <laughs> Wasn't that they didn't know how to paint cats. This was all intentional and it was strictly European. Because if you look at anything from Asia or Egypt, their cats are looking majestic as fuck. Yeah. So this was on purpose, which makes it even worse. And the reason for this, and prepare to be shocked. Is the Catholic Church. Mm. I know jaws dropping all over the place. Catholic Church ruins a lot. They do. They do. And I was raised Catholic, so I feel like I can say that. (laughs) I know from the inside. (laughs) (laughs) So cats were loved by ancient cultures. These pagan civilizations revered them as divine, and a lot of them associated them with women and feminine power. So you can probably understand where this is going. Gotcha. Just a couple examples. You had the Norse goddess Freya, and she had a chariot pulled by two giant gray cats that were given to her by Thor. And I thought that was just adorable. I love Where was that in the movie? Yeah, really? Oh. And then there was this Peruvian shape-shifting kitty god named I. Ipec. 
which just seems fun. <laughs> and then Li Shao is a cat god that appears in the Chinese Book of Rituals. And then the Welsh goddess or enchantress, depending on how you read it, her name is Kari Dwen. She had an attendant of just white cats that did all her work for her around the world. Wow. I, I like want cats to be my bidding. That'd be fun. It's like Snow White, but just it all is. cats. And there's so many more. But as you can imagine, this didn't really jive well with the Catholics. This point, domesticated cats were brought to Europe by the Greek and Phoenician traders and were quickly multiplying like cats do. And then also at this point, women are being associated with the biblical Eve. Therefore, they were sinful, they were lustful, and responsible for all men's problems. Because <laughs> it was their fault they fell from grace. So then any other problem after that is still their fault. Yes, the blame game. So having something that symbolizes women empowerment and still being a cat was just, they didn't stand a chance. So they just had to make the cats as hideous as possible. (laughs) So part of their strategy of becoming the dominant European religion was to demonize pagan religions. Cat-pagan connections were the first strike against them. Then their connection to women was strike two. And then their third strike was their association with Judaism. And this just blows my mind. A not-so-fun fact, the Jewish people were vilified as Christ killers, and then they were said to worship cats, and they claimed that they would transform themselves into a cat, sneak into a Christian home, and then practice mischief or cast spells on them. None of that makes sense to me. I was watching, I think it was Sarah Silverman has like a, I don't know, I follow her on Instagram. She might have a podcast or something, but she was talking about Judaism and why over and over and over. People like to vilify the Jews, and it's because they killed Jesus. And she was like, yeah, but when Jesus was alive, there were only Jews. (laughs) If anyone killed Jesus, of course it was the Jew. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's insane how many times in history this happens, and it's Mm -hmm. one of those things that repeats itself. Yes. And then the other rumor that spread was that they would crucify cats as a mockery of the Christ's death on a cross. But then that doesn't make sense. You're worshiping a cat, but then you're going to crucify a cat. Like it just there's a lot of holes in the story. Yeah, there usually are when it comes to like, you know, intolerance. It's true. I know we said three strikes, but I'm going to keep going. So strike four could easily be the frustration and anxiety they had over a cat's independent nature. So medieval people generally believed that animals were created by God to serve and be ruled by humans. But a cat, (laughs) even when domesticated, (laughs) no way in hell they're going to listen to you. They're not loyal. They're not obedient like a dog. So I kind of love that. (laughs) That's the reason why we don't like cats. (laughs) And this is a fun quote I found from Edward, Duke of York. (laughs) This was 15th century. So, quote, their falseness and malice are well known. But one thing I dare well say that if any beast has the devil's spirit in him, without a doubt, it's a cat, both wild and the tame one. (laughs) Hell yeah. It's got the demons in it. (laughs) I mean, Ray kind of has a demon in him. Yeah, so does Wally. (laughs) He's a little, little murdery. And you can't control cats, and they just do whatever they want. And sometimes they just fuck up your shit for no reason. For example, this is hilarious to me. Cats were really common in medieval libraries because they ate the mice in the stacks. And, of course, that's where all the monks and nuns were hanging out. And, you know, you got a monk, like, tirelessly copying a book, praying that somebody invents the printing press already. And so... (laughs) At this point, it's 1420, 20 years before the printing press, and Monk had called it a day and he walked away from his book that he was working on. Uh-oh. The next day, when he walked in there, the cat had peed on the page he was working on. Peed? Yes. Oh, oh let me pull up the picture. So instead of throwing it out <laughs> or, <laughs> or starting over, Uh-oh. he drew some hands to the pee marks. And then this is a loose translation. (laughs) Quote, here is nothing missing, but a cat urinated on this during a certain night. Cursed be the pesty cat that urinated over this book during the night into winter. And because of it, many others, other cats too. And beware well not to leave open books at night where cats can come. Oh, my God. He was not going to let that go. Like He's like, I've worked too hard on this to throw it away. 
See that? That's P. See that? That's P. <laughs> I like the little hand. Like it's a full on finger pointing. It's not like an arrow. Two. And, yeah, it's fantastic. And oh, is that a cat like actually peeing that picture in the middle? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> oh, I didn't catch that earlier. That's fantastic. That's amazing. Speaking of cat pee, one time, but my sister was working in Chile a few years ago. So we went to go visit her, Chile. And we <laughs> went to a, a bar called, I don't remember the, the Spanish word for it, but it was, it's, it was called the flea. And they had these special drinks called terremotos, which translates to earthquakes. And it's like, oh, it sounds so awful. They weren't as bad as it sounds, but it's like some sort of red wine cocktail topped with vanilla ice cream. Oh, that's the beverage. And so we'd had like a couple of them. They were very strong. And everybody in this whole bar was drinking Terramotos and the, they had really high ceilings and like kind of this, the, this, this, the roof was like corrugated metal. And there were kind of some gaps in there with like just sunlight coming through. It was a very local bar and everyone was just drunk. And there was this table full of men and they're singing and they're, you know, toasting, whatever. And I'm sitting there watching them, not really like looking at anything in particular. And I see like a like a stream coming down from the hole in the ceiling. And so I was like, oh, it must have started raining or something. That's weird. And then one of the guys like grabs his beer where the liquid had been pouring into and he looks up at the ceiling and he, in Spanish, he's like, oh, that fucking cat's back again. <laughs> and then he just continued drinking his beer. He, I think he like wiped, <laughs> kind of wiped off the side. It was just like, eh. that <laughs> like, is amazing. Peed through the ceiling into this guy's beer. And he was just like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Can't ruin a good time. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. All right. So then we have strike five, you know, the witchery. Sorcerers were believed to keep cats, but they were also believed to turn into cats to do, you know, witch stuff. I wish. Yeah, I know, right? So and fun. then they usually said black cats were the familiars, and this is where black cats start to get the bad rap. Many actually practice something called allurmancy, where you would predict a future by observing a cat's movement. <laughs> and this was things like predicting the weather or if somebody was at your door and didn't knock. I mean, it's not really magic, but... Just to get an idea of how gullible these people were, they thought this was sorcery. Well, that was like they didn't have science. So that's true. I mean, not really. So, like, based on like where a cat was like walking around or like when it was licking itself or something like that, all, I'm all assuming. the time. Or like acting a little weird and then you have a storm or, yeah, you know, people probably picked up on little mannerisms. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah, no. they, we didn't always have an app on our phone to say what the weather was. That's true. That's true. But cats can, I think they can sense bariat bariatric barometer. Barometer, yeah. Whatever that pressure is. <laughs> Barometric. Barometric, that's it. We got there. <laughs> yeah, eventually. I'll always get there eventually. Very slowly. But. So on one hand, cats were good because they can catch mice. And that's really important because that will protect your food. And then it helps prevent the spread of disease, which they didn't understand yet or appreciate yet because, again, no science. But then on the other hand, they can see in the dark. And obviously that means they are the devil and they're associated with heretics because, quote, heretics ignore the light of Christ and prefer to stay in the darkness. Okay. So being nocturnal didn't really work out for them. They're just jealous, honestly. Yeah, it didn't take a whole lot to turn on cats, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't need much evidence. They are right. kind of assholes. Yeah. But. And at this point, they were convinced witches were transforming into the cats to do their evil deeds. And then it just starts to take a turn. A really bad turn. So this, I'm going to add like a really short animal cruelty trigger because it's awful. It's fucking history. Mm -hmm. But the tag harem was practiced in Scotland in the Middle Ages through the 16th century for a long ass time. And it involved placing a cat on a spit and roasting it alive. Oh, honey. On a flame. They thought that the cat's screams would summon the devil for help because he was one of their own. And then the devil would show up and plead with the garbage humans to end the cat's suffering. 
And then the people would apparently just hold out until the devil promised to fulfill a certain request or a wish. So this literally never happened. Exactly. So that's what I'm getting out of this. Like it can't possibly happen. So they're just murdering cats for no reason. They just kept trying. Yeah. And there were other variations because it's like different Celtic regions. Like some said like a demon cat spirit would show up, but no, they didn't. They were just murdering cats. That's sick. I hate it so much. No. If it doesn't work, try something new for God's sake. And there were a couple other places that did like one was like throwing cats from towers. I mean, shit was getting dark all over Europe. Ugh. I just don't understand. Cats are so amazing. I mean, even though I have, like, bite marks on me right now, <laughs> I still love him. You probably deserved it. Probably. I wasn't <laughs> picking up the clues he was giving me to stop touching me. <laughs> so one of the weirdest links between cats and demons comes from this dude named Walter Mapp, who claimed to have witnessed a super secret satanic ritual. Okay, Mr. Matt. Oh, man. So this is a section out of his book. At the first watch of the night, with their doors, entrances, and windows closed, the family sit in silence, each in their synagogue, and wait. And in the middle of the room comes hanging by a rope a black cat of great size. As soon as they see this cat, the lights are turned off. They do not sing or recite hymns in a distinct way, but they mutter with their teeth closed, and they feel in the dark towards till they see their Lord, and when they find it, they kiss it. And more humbly, depending on their folly, some on the paws, some under the tail, and some on the genitals. This is so weird. (laughs) Okay, so we're in a house. (laughs) A cat comes in, hanging by a rope. A large black cat. Mm -hmm. I'm already lost, but We'll just keep going. I mean, unless the cat has to be some like weird demon thing, no cat's going to let you lower them in by a rope. That's just not going to happen. Who's holding the rope? The devil? See, it's there's a lot of holes, and there's good reason for that, because the story was never corroborated, (laughs) and a lot of people believe that it was satirical. (laughs) Well, I mean, my mom, okay, let's, uh, let's just say this does happen. We turn out the lights. We start chanting with our teeth clenched. We feel in the dark towards the cat. Okay. But what, at what point are you like, you know what? I want to kiss his ball sack. Why? <laughs> and what I'm wondering is they all took turns. So it's like, did they call dibs on like who got the butthole and who got the nutsack? Yeah. Or like, what if, you know, it's you're in the dark. You're both going towards the butthole at the same time. You're like, oh. Sorry, sorry, Karen. I'll get it next time. You go ahead. Oh, ladies first. (laughs) So it's possible this was completely a joke, but it spread like wildfire, like good gossip does, apparently, when you're bored and you don't have TV or lamestream media. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of people think that this actually factored into the papal bull, which condemned cats. So, and just a reminder, those are edicts issued by the Pope. Just a weird name for that. So, Pope Gregory the, pa- the, the Papal what? Bull? Bull. Mm-hmm. B-U-L-L? Mm-hmm. It's just the official name for his edicts. Oh, so it's not your word for, like, bullshit. Oh, no, but it does usually mean that. <laughs> <laughs> the Papal Bull. Okay. Yeah. Pope Gregory the Ninth, in response to all these reports of heresy in Europe, sent an inquisitor named Conrad von Margberg to Germany. <laughs> that is a name. It is a name to root out heretics by whatever means necessary. And by that meant torture. So he tortures a bunch of people and comes back with a story that sounds very similar to that one, except they added a frog in there somewhere. Duh. Like this magical frog appears and like some fog. So. He's Why like, not? this thing happens. I heard about it. Everybody's talking about it. This is real. So the Pope issued the Vox in Rama in 1233 CE, which denounced cats, especially black cats, as evil and in league with Satan. So he didn't need a lot of evidence. Uh, like, checked out. <laughs> Sold me on the frog. <laughs> Let's do this. Oh, there's a frog in the fog. Okay. <laughs> this is legit. 
<laughs> so Conrad specifically accused the German noble Henry III, who was the Count of Sayen, of participating in these rituals. But Henry was able to clear his name before a tribunal. And then this Conrad guy just mysteriously wound up murdered right after. He picked the wrong guy. Apparently. God, all these people. They've got too much time on their hands. They do. It must have been incredibly boring in a time without technology. And they couldn't read most of the time. It was like the literacy rates in the medieval ages, like 1% to 17%. All you're doing is having babies, feeding them, and like cleaning up poop. Yeah. All sorts of poop. Yeah. Figuring out dinner. I guess there's not a whole lot <laughs> to a lot of people. <laughs> this sounds familiar, but <laughs> I have to imagine there's just a lot more poop. I guess the only place you would go is church. Yeah. Again, the this whole account was not corroborated by anybody else, and no other inquisitor heard the story, so it's a little fishy. And <laughs> it didn't really matter because at this point, it was in the public consciousness after twelve thirty three that cats are demons. Like I said, a lot of people were illiterate, so they wouldn't have read it directly. And even if you were part of the church, you probably didn't actually read the box in Rama. But it was probably spread word to mouth from people in churches, and then it would be filtered down to congregations. Eventually, everybody would have heard it. Mm -hmm. But it's also like a huge game of telephone. Yes. That's probably where the frog came from. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) I would imagine. Yes. So historian Donald Engel believes that the Vox acted as a death warrant for cats. And there are some historians that claim that even though they said this about cats, there's not any documentation about how many cats were actually murdered. So there's like an argument there. But I would think just from the few accounts we have, the stuff they did to cats, that there probably was like a initial hysteria to get rid of cats. Yeah, for sure. So this was really bad news for kitties and people that cared for them. So elderly women who kept cats were especially vulnerable for the charge of witchcraft. So there was an example, and I'll kind of sum it up. But they're saying, say you have an old woman who has no family and she just has a cat. And she loves her cat. And say the cat's playing with her broom or something and jumps off something. And one of their neighbors sees it and thinks, oh, my God, that cat's flying. She's a witch. And then across town, you have the woman has a cat loves her cat but she's in a castle and she is of a nobility and somebody sees her cat do something suspicious and they're like in that instance of course the woman with money and power and status would be able to negotiate her freedom but Mm -hmm. then the old woman that just loved her cat and was lonely is gonna be murdered for being a witch duh classic like especially the the castle example really happened it was lady eleanor of montfort and she was able to trade her castle for her life Because her cat did something weird once. Yeah, like he jumped off a rock and he looked like he was flying and it was very suspicious. Oh, my God. Have you seen that Renaissance painting? I'm sure you have. It's called like My Wife and Her Lovers. And it's just like this woman with surrounded by cats. I haven't. Oh, my God. I'll find it right now. That sounds fantastic. (laughs) I'm sure it's called My Wife and Her Lovers. Okay, I did a Google image search. That might not have been the greatest idea. (laughs) Oh, it's my wife's lovers. Oh, I don't have permission on Chrome. Oh. Here's what I'm going to do. Look it up (laughs) on my phone. My wife's lovers. (laughs) I can't believe how many times I'm Googling this. (laughs) Get it all in all your suggested ads. (laughs) Okay. If you can see it. Oh, okay. <laughs> just, I have not seen that. It's all these just it's all these cats. I'll I'll email it to you. That's great. <laughs> anyway, sorry for that. I love paintings. That's one of the Patreon episodes I do. I just lose my mind over art. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could use this one then. Yes. And then I drag my husband in here to be like, what is it? And he doesn't know anything about art. It's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so anyone else without connections would be accused of witchcraft in Europe. About 80% were women, and the charge was almost always death. And though a lot of people think they were burned at the stake, it was more common to tie the woman in a sack with her cat and then throw them both in the river. So they could die together? Yeah, it's horrifying. Oh, that would not be great. The whole drowning thing, I do not... And actually, in the Salem witch trials, I'm sure you know, 
nobody was burned at the stake in the U.S. It's like yeah. a common misconception. The 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 stake burning, I think, was mostly reserved for like pogroms and like religious executions, right? I think so. Yeah, witchcraft wasn't usually burning; it was other gross shit. Yeah, so really sad. And then when the Knights Templar were put on trial, uh, they were also accused of allowing cats to be part of their services, and they accused them of praying to cats, which that whole situation is really sad. And if that's a sin, yeah, I don't, don't want to be right. <laughs> <laughs> And then later, Pope Innocent VIII declared in 1484 that the cat was the devil's favorite animal and idol of all witches. So these ideas stuck around for a really long time. Apparently. And now this was really interesting to me. So I'd always heard that the outbreak of the bubonic plague was kind of blamed on this. Like there were no cats to eat the mice, therefore the plague was worse. Have you ever heard that? No. I don't know where I heard it, but I was like, all right, that checks out. But no, it does not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it in fact doesn't check out it does not i was like oh hey i was wrong that's fun <laughs> yeah. why you should always look things up instead of blindly <laughs> believe people on the internet it's my favorite thing though <laughs> <laughs> so there's not a whole lot of evidence to support that this issue with cats had anything to do with the plague one was that the box and rama was issued in 1232 and the black death was in 1347 so that's a lot of time for cats to repopulate even if they were murdered in mass and their gestational period is not that long so yeah yeah it's like four months or something they can definitely probably repopulate pretty quick at least i would think so mm-hmm. and then the plague was carried not only by rats but it, it wasn't really the rats. It was the fleas. And fleas can easily transfer between, you know, dogs and humans and cats and everybody. And then also the plague that caused the Black Death originated in Asia around the mid-1300s. And then it spread along all the trade routes westward towards North Africa. And all those places are very heavily populated with cats. Doesn't make sense. If the cats are gone, that's the only reason they had it. Mm-hmm. They had it too. And it's also possible that they didn't blame the cats for the plague. They accepted the church opinion that it was sent by God as a punishment for their sins. Well, yeah, because they're devoid of facts. Yes. (laughs) I'll just do what you tell me to do. Mm -hmm. It's got to be God. Yeah. So while it's possible that like a lesser population of cats could have had some sort of impact, it's not really very likely. Okay. And then finally, we're going to circle back to those weird ass cat images. Yes. (laughs) Oh, man, I love them so much. So in the Middle Ages, most of Western Europe was Christian, and you didn't really have an option to opt out of that. And essentially, medieval art was religious art. So anything that was made in that period, it was to tell a story, mostly a biblical or some sort of don't sin, don't do bad things. And people Mm -hmm. couldn't read. So a lot of medieval art was actually telling the stories of the Bible so that you could read them yourself through art. It's uh, really fascinating if you ever go to a gothic cathedral. Unless they're really cool. images like the nun with the fish and the penis. Yes. That, that's... Read, what <laughs> the fuck is going on? Yeah, that's... There's not a lot to excuse that. That's... Oh, so much going on there. But yeah, some of my favorite things is I've been lucky enough to go to Europe. And so I think it's... Um, yeah, Notre Dame and Cathedral... Or in Paris... The last judgment's the doors to scare the shit out of you before you even get in there and be like, you're going to yeah. burn here. Like, it's fucking cool. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just how they read was through pictures. Yeah. And like everything in Rome, too. Just like, dad. Oh, I haven't gotten to go to Rome yet. I don't want to. So. Kenyon and I went. We did a typical backpacking through Europe in college thing. And this was before the recession. So we spent a month traveling through Europe on about $2,000 a piece. Wow. Can you imagine? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I went to Paris for a week on 2000 But that was, I still thought I was getting away with like murder. I'm like, how am I here? This is so cheap. <laughs> Just like eating butter noodles in our little hostels. and Oh, that is so amazing. Yeah, one around. of my college classes spent a month doing art history in italy and i wanted to go so bad but i was so poor <laughs> I was like, i can't go it's almost yeah it's almost <laughs> unattainable but that kind of 
yeah, the that sort of artwork, that like proscriptive intended to freak you out out artwork mm-hmm. is like everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and it's all of it's meant to send a message. Mm-hmm. And so different animals were symbols for different values or ideas that they valued. So dogs are loyal and they have valor. And then the ermines, like the little ferret looking things, they're for purity. And rabbits symbolize lust and birds symbolized your soul. And then you got cats who they're like, they're the devil. <laughs> <laughs> so the ermines get such a good rap. I don't know. Maybe it's just because they're so like pure white. Maybe I don't know. They're mean. They're mink. Yeah, they're, they're ferrets. They're <laughs> nasty. If anyone's the devil, it's those. I think. Yeah, I would agree. Let's get this guy going here. <laughs> Good God! How many toes? <laughs> How? What's wrong with you? Oh, this is like a little goblin. So. Animal paintings were intended to reflect the Christian belief that God made these animals to mirror humans. So essentially the message here is that cats are a hot mess because they need to look (laughs) human-ish with like the anthropomorphic (laughs) face, but they also need to show that they're unruly and therefore demon-y. So they have to look more goblin-y. It's, it's like human, human with this like splash of demon-esque. That's kind of the aesthetic here. I see the splash. <laughs> kind of looks like a gargoyle a little bit. It has 12 toes on each <laughs> foot. <laughs> it's like they got a bad edit, but it ended up being nightmare fuel. I don't. <laughs> I I mean, I I hear what their reasoning is, but I'm also, I just don't. Like, I, I don't get, know. I get There's where you were going here. with it. But <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> It has eyebrows. This one's way more human face. Oh, wow. It looks like someone I know. And another another part of this is that the anthropomorphic facial expressions and say like a dog, they would want them to be reserved because good Christians are always managing their emotions. So for the cats, (laughs) they just made them wild. It has a got milk milk mustache. It does. And really beautiful eyes. Yeah. I mean, I would be friends with this cat, but it also looks like someone named Gary. Yeah. It looks like kind of a a boring <laughs> man. He does. And he's a thick boy. He's he's chonky. <laughs> <laughs> I just I can't with these pictures. They are just the fantastic, and of course, the ears are right. All the butt licking. I just don't even understand more butts. <laughs> <laughs> I like my labeling. I do too. What the fuck, you guys? So this is called marginalia, and we talked about it on episode one. But so monks are just copying these scripts all day long, and occasionally they'd get bored and draw a little animals in the margins and there's just so many of the cats just licking their buttholes they're just doodles leg all up in the air they don't care yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then this one i don't know what's going on here it looks like a little conga line (gasps) i love that and then the last one a little rat (laughs) yeah beautiful look at his leg there that's not a natural position no but it's fantastic (laughs) oh my look and we got the little sad guy playing a lute. <laughs> you call it Wonderwall. <laughs> anyway, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> yeah. And you've got some talons and a little chubby, like, it kind of looks like Winnie the Pooh, you know, with like a top and no pants. He's got a belly button, though, and I don't yeah, like that. That's really weird. Jesus. Super it's, weird. I think his lute's busted. <laughs> And there were a lot of animals, or well, like most animals too, but there's a lot of cats playing instruments. This one's a little. <laughs> Honey, no. <laughs> Look at his face. Eyes are devoid of anything. Just oh no. Oh, also they. Are- they spent a lot, whoever drew this spent kind of a lot of time on the cat itself, but then just 
phoned in that violin. <laughs> it's true. There's no shading in that. Just it's, it's unfinished. It does. It's Jeez. almost startling. Yeah, almost. <laughs> and then a few more of the marginalia. This one's another butthole licking. That's intense. I yeah. like you guys. Yeah, it's a different style. Yeah. It's wow. very colorful. Wow. <laughs> Scaly. Didn't realize cats had scales, but. Yeah, I got all of them. That art is weird. So I decided to end on a more bright side. Okay. Medieval Muslims were very fond of cats. So a few accounts from early Islam suggest that the Prophet Muhammad had a cat and other figures alongside him loved cats as well. And they treated them very well. They were noted for their cleanliness and they liked that about them. It was very highly appealing to their religion. Oh, yeah. Because so they're, they're big into hygiene. and Yeah. Yeah. So in the Middle East, cats were doing great. So that's that's a little bright side. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take what I can get at this point. <laughs> and then in some of the Middle Eastern cities, you could even find cat charities where they took care of street kitties. Oh, that's very sweet. Like and there's that. this one quote where this European pilgrim traveled to Middle East and he said, they like cats and we like dogs. And that was his summary of how Christians and Muslims are different. <laughs> like, we're dog people. They like cats. That's that's all you need to know about religion. I that solved a, it. It's a strong delineation there. It is. I mean, can't have both. And finally, after a few centuries of dealing with bullshit, cats regained their much-deserved place in our homes and our hearts in the 19th century. So cats became the mascot for cleanliness. And this okay. is really funny. Well, the butthole. They got the cleanest buttholes on the planet. They do. We, we, we did find that. But they started, like, making ads for, like, soap. Cats did? Yeah. So, like, all the soap ads start having cats in them. Oh. Okay. Oh. Interesting. Oh. This makes <laughs> me want to go buy some soap. Yes. People are, you know, seeing cats all over, you know, their advertisements now and then after napoleon showed up after ransacking egypt which i hate when all the sources like when he explored egypt that's not what he did no he pillaged yes so he came back with you know tales of you know the god bast and people were really intrigued including queen victoria so her interest in egypt led her to adopt two blue persians and then she ended up getting a reputation as a breeder for show cats okay Makes me curious that became like a royal standard because Queen Elizabeth II is also a breeder. So like maybe that's just a thing they do now. Like not for cats. She did or she did dogs. She stopped, but Yeah, I was gonna say I know that I know that like royalty bred dogs, and that's kind of why a lot of small dogs' genes are so fucked up. Yeah. But uh I didn't know that about cats. That's cool. And because Victoria was so popular, the press reported her interest. And more times than not, people started trying to copy her. You know, things like the white wedding dress. She was the first person to do that. And then her morning dresses, people copied that. So she was very fashionable. And then people decided they wanted cats of their own. So it started to take off. And then you also have authors that start writing really fondly about cats, like Mark Twain. And then by the end of the 19th century... The medieval concept of cats being Satan has pretty much been forgotten. Well, thank God. Then I saw it was like 2012. Cats became the most popular pet in the world. Yeah. And for like, good reason. Americans spent like millions on them that year or something. So, yeah, it's really, they've come a long way. Yeah. A very long way. Yeah. I don't know what I would do if I like, if it was like culturally frowned upon to have cats. That would suck. No. Especially if you're just like a poor old lady and that's your only friend and family yeah you're a witch you can't have your cat i'd be like fuck it drown me in the river with my cat i can't (laughs) have her no one can (laughs) (laughs) it's true it would be really sad they're i mean they are unruly and uh, sometimes i call him a demon but he's very sweet (laughs) they more than make up for it (laughs) they do it's a different kind of love like i love my dogs but like they'll love anybody. I know. <laughs> that's so I that's why I like cats more than dogs. It's like you gotta earn a cat's affection. It's they don't true. always give it to you. Mm-hmm. 
But then you're kind of like, okay, I see you. I'll and they're it. super smart. Like, I love my dog. I love Murray Dog. But if he could figure out how to put a fork in an outlet, he would do it about 100 times. <laughs> <laughs> He's sweet, but he doesn't learn. <laughs> well, I say this as the owner of Ray. Uh, owner that's not the right word the roommate of ray he loves to stick his hand in open flames as i said and he'll just do it over and over and like i can't i have those tacky fake candles with the fake flames that like wiggle Mm -hmm. that's my that's my main candle because i can't leave candles (laughs) without like literally monitoring them as i'm doing with this one because he'll just go and and touch it and then he'll like kind of turn away and like lick his paw and then he'll like <laughs> and then he'll like see the flame again and and then like touch it again and then he'll lick it again and then he'll like over and over <laughs> it's kind of mind blowing you're like but if i did it one more time maybe it'll be different darwin would be disappointed in him as yeah. well you relate <laughs> 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 Well, thank you so much for joining me. This has been so much fun and thank it's been you a joy. For having me. I love any excuse to talk about history and especially about cats. So yes. I, I appreciated the invitation. Oh, anytime. Welcome to come back anytime you'd like. Thanks for fun. having me. You're welcome. Have a nice night. All right. You too. Bye, Kina. Bye. I want to thank Lucy again for joining me on this episode. I had such an amazing time. And honestly, is there anybody better to talk about cats and history and morbid shit? I think not. Definitely go check out Wine and Crime Podcast. It's one of my favorites and you guys are going to love it. If you'd like to watch this episode, I know it's very photo heavy. You can if you join Patreon. That's patreon.com slash historical AF pod. And I will also have all the photos of everything we talked about today on the website. And that's historicalafpodcast.com. And on social media, and that's at Historical AF Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you would like to send an email for the extra AF episode coming up with a story, it could be historical, it could be spooky, it could be morbid. That is historicalafpod at gmail.com. If you'd like to buy some merch, that is shop.spreadshirt.com slash you guessed it, historical AF pod. And finally, if you have a few moments and would like to, you know, review the podcast on Apple, that'd be greatly appreciated. If you have not seen the Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter posts, the Trumpers found the podcast and they are big mad. So one star reviews kind of hurt. So if you'd like to counteract that, that'd be awesome. If not, that's cool too. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening and join me next week when I have the Paranormal Captivity podcast on for Cats Part 2. Okay, bye. Hi, friends. Ian here. Do you enjoy atypical conversations about history? Do you like an occasional sip or three of whiskey? Then come on over to the bar of questionable life choices and join me for an episode of Why Whiskey. We're a history podcast with a whiskey problem. Or maybe we're a whiskey podcast with a history problem. We'll let you decide all that. On Why Whiskey, I'm often joined by guests as we cover historical events in America and around the world and the people that were involved. Throughout the show, we will taste a wide variety of whiskeys and share some knowledge about what it is that we are drinking. So if any of this interests you, come on up to the bar, grab a glass, and let's share some great stories. Cheers. Cheers.